Hi, welcome back to another episode of You the Mother podcast by Abby Williams, a space dedicated to supporting, empowering, and connecting all parents in all seasons of parenthood. In today's episode, I'm welcoming on Dr. Morgan Cutlip. Morgan has her master's in human development and family science with a PhD in counseling psychology. Dr. Morgan is a relationship expert and the co-founder of My Love Thinks, an organization that creates educational content to help people have lasting and loving relationships. Throughout her career, she has helped hundreds of thousands of people worldwide learn how to form and maintain healthy relationships. She has been a featured relationship expert with Teen Vogue, The New York Times, Women's Health Magazine, and Flow, the number one app in health and fitness. And she shares practical relationship advice over on Instagram at Dr. Morgan Cutlip. In today's episode, we're talking about the mental load. We talk about mommy burnout. We talk about how to manage the mental load, the expectations of moms, and so much more. I hope that you enjoy today's episode. There is so much useful information, and I hope that you go find Dr. Morgan over on Instagram at Dr. Morgan Cutlip or on her blog, mylovethinks.com. She also has a podcast that you can listen to wherever you're listening to this podcast, The Love Thinks Podcast. I hope that you enjoy today's episode, and if you do, please be sure to leave a five-star rating and review. Your support here on the podcast always means the world to me, and I so appreciate you being here. So let's get started in supporting you, the mother. Morgan, welcome to You the Mother podcast. I am excited that you are back on the podcast because you were with me a couple seasons ago on the Mimosas with Moms podcast, and we talked all about boundaries. Now we're back. We're talking about the mental load in motherhood, and that's a whole ordeal, so I'm excited to (laughs) have this conversation with you. But first, tell me, listeners, a little bit about yourself. Oh, I'm excited to be here, too. And we were talking before, but I just love your rebrand. So it's, Thank it's you. so beautiful. Um, a little bit about me. I am a PhD in psychology. I've been in the field of relationships for over 15 years, uh, developing creative content and um, courses and educational content based on research and theory that the sole like, driver of our content is we want it to be practical. Um, I've worked with my dad for a long time and um, yeah, just it's it's a fun thing to be able to do together. And yeah, I think the practical piece is really important because if we can't remember <laughs> or can't figure out how to apply these wonderful principles, then it's not actionable in our own life. And so that's something that um, on our blog, which is mylovethinks.com, in our courses, and then on my Instagram, Dr. Morgan Cutlip, it's always kind of a focus of mine is how do I give somebody a takeaway they can put to use in their life? Yeah. And you do a really good job of that, especially <laughs> over on Instagram. So make sure Thank that you're you. following Morgan over there. Um, so let's kind of talk about the mental load of motherhood. Mm-hmm. What the heck does that mean? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I think it's something that we all feel, but we might not know the term yet. So it goes by many terms. It's mental load, invisible load, invisible labor, um, all those different things. And essentially, it's like the running list of all of the things that we do in the home. And by we, I mean women. And I, I will always get that guy who DMs me. He's like, I do the mental load stuff at our house. And I'm like, you know what? 
this applies to you. You're welcome here. Um, but usually it's women. Research says so. And it's the running list of all of the things we do. We manage, we organize, we purge and clean out the emotional labor and work we do, the worry work we do. Um, it's the running list we carry around with us all the time. And the piece, there's two pieces that are really powerful about it. One is that it's invisible. So a lot of times it's not even something we really get much credit for or our partners even understand, which is super frustrating. But um, and then the other piece is that it takes up like cognitive capacity, like it takes up space in our brains and it crowds things out. And it's like that feeling of if you've ever just kind of been whirling around and you're like, talking to your partner and you're like, I'm just, you know, you're in that state, you know, I, we, I can't, I wish I could see my face, like, you're just, I'm just overwhelmed, like this happened to me to me the other day. And your partner's like, It's what? like every other day for every me. Every other day. And then your partner's yeah. like, what, what are you so nuts. stressed what is, out about? Yeah, what, right? what is the problem? Yeah. It's like, what's your deal? Like one, and they say dumb things, like one thing at a time. And you're like, no, I have 60 things going on. It's like, that's the piece of it is like, it's, it's so hard to articulate to our partners um, and it just crowds out sometimes um, our ability to do lots of things, to get in a sexy state of mind, to um, relax. When we finally get that moment, we sit down and we're like, bing, like all of the tasks that we're, we're neglecting when we're resting, you know, come to the forefront. And so um, it's a powerful phrase, I think, because... I know when I learned about it a few years ago, I had been feeling it of like, I need to escape my life. I want to be done with this. This is too much for me. And when I heard the phrase, I was like, oh, it's not just me. I'm not alone. There, this has a whole phrase. <laughs> We're all doing, dealing with this. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I think we are all dealing with this, right? Um, and it's like funny. I had a freelance writer reach out to me mm -hmm. like a week ago to help like on a piece that she was writing. And I had made a reel about, um, God, what was I talking about? I was talking about how things in motherhood, especially like in the beginning when they're little and they're so dependent on you, right, for mm -hmm. everything. And it's so overwhelming. It's so hard. But like that it's temporary. Yeah. And it's like you will get through this. And just like kind of normalizing like the hardships of motherhood. And she was like, you know, I just think that like if we shift the conversation to talking about all of these hardships of motherhood, then like new moms coming in mm -hmm. will be better prepared. I was reading this. I was like, I just don't know. I don't know you either. Ever wrap your head around yeah. what this mental load is until you're in it. And so it's something that we all feel, but like, how could you ever really conceptualize what this mental load really is until you are in it? I know. I well, I was like having reactions to what this person was saying too. <laughs> so I've got caught up in your story. I'm like, tell, keep going. Um, no, yeah, you I, know what I mean? Because I, I just, I feel like I, you look at like your sister who's not a mother yet yeah. and is looking at you like, what the heck? Why is this like such a big deal? And you're yeah. like, you have no idea. You just have no idea. You know, when you're talking about the stuff with our partners and, you know, they really can't 
they don't get realized. it always. Like, not they, always. They don't always get like mm-hmm. what our mental load, our to-do list that is ongoing in our head is, you know, and like you said, research so- shows this is primarily done unto women, right? Yeah. Uh, we carry this burden and yeah, I don't know. So, okay. So <laughs> I agree. I think, so I think yes and no. Like I think, I mean, I think about my sister even before she had kids and like, she no, she didn't. Yeah. You but, have no idea. But I, so I do think it starts a lot of times and I always am like really careful. Listen, I'm in this too. I'm not blaming right. like, right. If there's a victim in the story, like it's not anything. a blame thing. Yeah. I, I think that this is just kind of like, sometimes these things like begin and then they pick up steam and then it's like, oh my gosh, like we're too far in. How come I'm doing all the things and like you're yeah. not you're not even aware enough to take initiative. So I do think it starts early. Um, so I came up with a phrase that I call piling on precedence. Yeah. And this is how I think that a lot of times the mental load gets really heavy. There's lots of reasons. It's just one piece of it, which is that before kids in yeah. your relationship, a lot of times we come in and we don't even talk about what roles we want to occupy, who's doing what responsibilities, because it's like you don't need a plan before kids. You're just like – it's just fun have and a spontaneous. <laughs> like, oh, baby, we fun. Like, it's just like this. Like, oh, we have to relocate. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. we're relocating for work. Like, this is exciting. You go, everything after kids is like kind of more stressful Not a little bit. No, it's like that's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. So, before kids, um, you kind of just naturally do things, but I think you do fall into these roles. So, for example, Piling on precedence is when you do things for your partner out of love and care and maybe reenacting some roles and you do them so often that they become your responsibility because when you've taken care of it without conversation, without it being visible, your partner removes it from their awareness. Okay, this isn't malicious. They aren't doing that to be like, you know, I expect her to do these things. It's just like... Um, when my deodorant shows up in my drawer, when I'm running low, like how cool, I don't need to worry about that anymore. Like it's probably not even conscious, but, um, and I did this. So when I was first married, my parents have a very traditional marriage. I did this with like the, all the food stuff. Like I would cook, I would, I would meal plan. I would grocery shop, I would cook. And then he'd come over, my husband, Chad, he'd come over to clean up and I'd be like, no, 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 I got you. Like I was like superwoman, like who who wants to be superwoman? So, and he, and he fought me for a while, and eventually I won. And though fast forward a few years, I look over at his butt on the couch while I'm doing the dishes, and I'm like banging away in there. Resentment resent- city. <laughs> and I fired him. Like he didn't quit. Yeah. Like I. So it and it was just because I wanted to take care of him. So the thing is, you do all these precedents. You don't even talk about it. They become yours. Then you bring a baby into the mix. And naturally, overnight, those responsibilities literally overnight, like, exponentially grow. And so it's like you're already pretty maxed out probably. Then you bring a kid in and it's your tipping point. And then you're like, why why don't you do these things? And it's like, well, all this time. I don't know. You were doing them great. Yeah, you were like, you were managing. (laughs) Like, what's the big deal? And then you bring in, you know, the motherhood pieces, which is like... Um, I did a reel on something called essential intensive mothering and then essentialism is actually a piece of that which is like this this sort of like belief and I felt it big time so um about like moms do it all best and what that yeah and I think and anything else is like second rate 
Like I'm going to leave my kid with a sitter. Like I'm my kid, my kid's getting second rate care. I'm settling, you know, and then that perpetuates things like maternal gatekeeping, which is pushing our partners out. And before you know it, we are so. I'm guilty of this. I'm guilty of all these. Like I can, I love talking about Marcus it because will, I've like, call lived, me out on it. I've lived it. Yeah. yeah good He'll for be him. like, well, you just like won't even let me. Yes. And I'm like, what do you mean? I won't even let you. And like, <laughs> I'm just seeing red, right? Like, yeah. let's go, buddy. Yeah. But, uh. But he's right. Yeah. You know, like once I go calm down. <laughs> then you can see he's it. Right. He's right. He's <laughs> right. You yes. know, Marcus, please stop listening to this episode. I know. Um, yeah. I'm like, he's <laughs> I'm like, he's right, though. There are a lot of duties that I take on mm-hmm. that I won't let him do that. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know, control city, whatever I am. I don't know why <laughs> I'm do- I am the way that I am. But. Because mom can do it best. Because mom does it best. Because mom does it best. And maybe we do. Like sometimes. And we, maybe I do, sometimes. but like I can't do all the things. No. And is it I don't like, have the capacity to do all the things for all four children all of the no. time. And so it's too much and work and be my own person and be a wife and exactly. go to the grocery store. <laughs> so like in your head when you, know? you hear mom does it best, the follow up is, but is it best for mom? And like it's not. And like the reality is, is when we do all these things and then we run ourselves ragged, then we get burned out. What happens? Uh, We build resentment toward our partners and we're more frustrated as moms. We snap quicker and easier. So the end result is all of our relationships suffer and we suffer. And so it's, yeah. How do we like, I guess, stop losing ourselves mm-hmm. in these relationships like that, where we just like want to do for others and <laughs> be the, the best wife and the best mother. That means doing everything, right? I think like that's my problem is I've pulled myself to these unrealistic expectations. Yeah. I'm sure that there's a lot of other moms listening that are in the same boat of just, I don't know. We're in a time of comparison, Ooh. the comparison trap on social media. You know, we've got the society standards yeah. of you need to work like you don't have children and you need to have children like you don't care about anything else. Yeah. And it's really hard being a woman it in is. our modern society. It is. I love where this conversation is going. Okay, so... <laughs> because <laughs> I get locked there's in there's a lot I know I, well this is like what's so crazy about the mental load um in this topic is like it's not just about handing off responsibilities it's not just about like the mechanics of the home it brings in all of these different un- other things like how do moms relate to themselves and get to a place where we deal with these internal stories that we tell ourselves that get in the way of us asking for the help we need or feeling like we have some like healthy sense of entitlement to ask for what we need. And so it just becomes, it becomes like a pretty broad topic with all the things that are sort of embedded into it. So how do we not lose ourselves? So (laughs) there's lots of, there's lots of points to kind of enter into around how we maintain a sense of self. Um, One thing I'll talk about I think that's helpful is this intensive mothering and because I think it applies to a lot of the stuff that you're mentioning intensive mothering is not my concept I wish that it were that would be amazing Uh, but it came about in the late 80s early 90s by someone named Sharon Hayes have you read about this 
No. It's so good. Okay. So she coined the term intensive mothering and then she came up with five and then they've they've studied this five different sort of like defining constructs that make up intensive mothering. The one is essentialism. Mom does it best. The other is um, fulfillment. Parents should be fulfilled by their children, which I think we buy into big time. Kind of. Right. It's I don't like, like it. I don't like it either. None, I don't of, these, like it. none of these are good. Okay. <laughs> then no. stimulation. Our children should be stimulated. I mean, I, I have a closet full of like crate boxes for my kids. Like the idea that like we got to educate and like put them in the things and help them grow and develop and all this stuff. Um, so essential, essentialism, fulfillment, stimulation, child-centered, our life revolves around our children. And then the last one is this belief that it's draining. So this is one of my reactions when that re- the writer was like, we should just tell moms all the hard stuff. Um, they found, so dra- the belief that, child, that rearing children is draining is actually not a really helpful belief. But if you think about it, when you believe in essentialism, fulfillment, um, all these things, it's going to be draining because it ups our standards so much. And so she found that in her research, I have to look at my notes for this one, but like essentialism, child-centered, and um, the belief that it's challenging are the most impactful. And they're related to a difficult, more difficult time in parenting. They're related to more stress, more depression, and lower life satisfaction. And so when you talk about how do you not lose yourself, I have lots to say on that specific question but one of the pieces is tuning in to the beliefs that you are buying into and I think at face value or even this idea that like as a mom you should be perfect I remember a survey that like baby center did said like 80% of moms said that they should be perfect if I asked anybody that they'd be like I don't think so but kind of we live out that that desire to be perfect yeah, like we same. don't right and so guilty yeah, yeah me too and so like you have to tune into you and be honest with yourself how much am I living my life thinking I'm the only one who can do a good job with my kids I am the only one who can entertain them and I must stimulate them and if they're playing by themselves I'm neglecting them like all of these things that we get caught up in um we have to challenge them we have to say is this serving me is this is am i am i able to show up wholly it's running me into the ground it's running me into the ground <laughs> yes and so it really is <laughs> totally and i think it's revising these things being in in a way that's more realistic for how we can live our lives and and parent and exist as a we're a whole human we don't we don't give that up when we become moms we take on this new role that's amazing and expansive and beautiful and challenging but like we're they're still like we still have to be cared for Yeah. yeah 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 So how do you feel like, I guess, we manage, like, this mental load, right? Because, like, you kind of said, it's not just about, like, the division of duties, Mm -hmm. which, like, triggered inside of me, right? Because that's, like, a fight between my husband and I, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, well, you just, like, do everything or you have to be in control or you don't let me do these (laughs) things. I'm like, buddy. And, uh, And so my fight back to that is I'm not your manager, yeah. Like, I'm not going to sit here and manage your pieces of what is your part of this pile, right? Yeah. And so I guess how do we manage the mental load where it can be fair 
mm-hmm. or I don't know. Fair, it's right. Or, I think fair. Or the or that we stop putting so much pressure on ourselves because I think like that's my other piece. When I like, mm-hmm. and I'm sure a lot of women are <laughs> the same. So I'm just gonna call myself out. I struggle giving up some of the control, and then I get resentful. It's mm-hmm. not helpful at all. And then too, I just have to be like the perfect mom taking on everything and doing all the things, you know, and that's nuts and burns you out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and this is just why there's like so many avenues into these conversations and into the the discussion about the mental load. Okay. So let's start. (laughs) So let's go back to the, yeah, let's go back to the piling on precedence piece, because if, if, if you guys can all hear that out and be like, okay, okay, okay. Like, I, that is true. That's probably how this has kind of gotten to this point. Um, then you can start to understand some of the frustrating pieces about the mental load a little bit differently. For example, this one is huge. And I kind of hear you saying this. Uh, like, I don't want to be your manager, which often comes out as like, he should just know. Like, just do it. Like, take initiative. And I think that a lot of times, and there are partners that are really difficult, so I know that these exist, and so um, there's a whole spectrum, but a lot of times we make the assumption that our partner is resistant to helping. And when, so if you imagine a continuum, on one side is like this resistant partner who's like, I won't help you, like it's a get in the house barefoot and pregnant, like that kind of partner, they exist. And then on the other side is a partner who's just like, I see it all and I take initiative and I take care of things. That's the other extreme. In the middle is a passive, most men, men, (laughs) a passive willingness to help. It's passive. And that's the annoying piece is we want it to be more active. But they're not resistant usually. And so if we can buy into this idea of the piling on precedence, then we can understand part of how it's become so passive is that they have had lots of things taken off the plate that they have removed from their awareness. And so we have to undo it. So I set all this up because I'm going to suggest one thing that everybody gets really ticked off about, which is like, you got to ask them for help. And there's this pushback around, again, I shouldn't have to ask, they should know. And it's like, well, yeah. Maybe but, they just don't know, though. But sometimes they just don't know. And sometimes they don't know how you want it done and when you want it done. And so I believe that we have to rebrand asking as involving um, and teaching. And sometimes if it's like, if you talk with your partner and you're like, from now on, you are doing kids' lunches. Like, I'm sick of it. It's on you. There might be a growing period where your partner has to learn how to do it. And so during that time, you might have to offer some instruction. It's like on-the-job training. If you're doing on-the-job training to get your partner to a place where they can take it on and you don't even think about it anywhere anymore. And I think that's the piece where I like to push for asking for what you need because we have to undo all of the things that we've piled on. Another way we have to undo it, and I actually do this, and people might think I'm the most annoying person in the world, I don't care, but like you have to make things visible because we so often like silently brew in our own frustration over all that we do and nobody notices it. Like I don't know about you, but like one thing I'll be like, guess it's on me. Like guess it, like get this like snarky, like guess I'll take care of that too. Um, and so I do this thing pretty regularly and I encourage you all to do it, which is like, I narrate what I do. <laughs> like I'll be like, my husband will come home. I'm like, hey, welcome home. I'm like, oh, 
So like, just so you know, I already made dinner and then I cleaned up the kitchen and I put all the toys away and he's never like, it might take some time because you might enter into that tit for tat and we can talk about what to do about that. But now he'll be like, oh, you're awesome. Like, thank you so much. And that's what I need in those moments. And now he knows all that's involved. Or like, by the way, we got an invitation to a party. IRSVP'd and bought the present. Next time it's on you. So you're narrating it so you can get appreciation. You're narrating it so they see the steps that are involved. And also sometimes you narrate it to say, I did it, but I'm not taking it on forever. And I think that's how we can start to like change the dynamic here around some of these things. Yeah. Marcus and I do like a weekly check-in and we do our grocery list together. We meal plan and do the grocery list together. And while we're meal planning and grocery listing, we have our calendar up. So it's like, well, Wednesday we have three soccer practices. So like who's taking who and Thursday I'm working late. Oliver has golf. Are you going to get him there? Like, do I need to coordinate carpool? What's going on? And that's something that has been really helpful for us. Meal planning, our like dinner time situation was like the biggest stressor in our marriage for Mm -hmm. a minute. And like, so we were, what are we going to do? So now we have like a huge board, my followers now, I have a huge board in my kitchen and like it has what we're having for dinner each night and like the activities that my kids are doing that day. And like, so that's up weekly, but we've already discussed it you know, the weekend before going into that week. So like, if you just like figure out, you know, but like if you figure out like what is the biggest stressor in your life? Mm -hmm. Ours was meals, right? And we've got four kids. So somebody has to drive them all around. I don't know. And like, I I don't know. We got to both be in this boat. I love that you're doing that. It's so smart. And yeah. And it's a shared responsibility. 20 minutes. Yeah. It's no big deal. It's not like a long time thing. Yeah. No big deal. And I, so, so I have a course called the mother load, which is about the mental load. And like one of the takeaways is having these check-ins because the the thing is, is like, <laughs> I could hand off, like in my life personally, I could hand off things to my, to my husband like regularly, but the reality is he's gone half the time with travel. And so I have to manage it. And like, I think that, um, one of the, one, there's lots of them, but one key thing to understanding about the mental load is that your circumstances and seasons of life are going to change the demand and intensity of what's on your plate. And so you have to regularly touch base. Like you're saying, like Wednesday, we got four practices. How are we doing this? You know, and when you have that built into your rhythm as a couple, you stay on top of how things are delegated. And you can start to say like, oh, I'm I'm feeling burnt out. I'm taking on too much. Like something's got to give here. And you can make these minor adjustments. And that I think is what is one of the most powerful things you can do for keeping resentment at bay. Yeah, I definitely think that like the communication piece is like the gateway out of the mental it load. It is. It is. It sucks so bad. And that's it's so what hard. Everybody, <laughs> it's scary. And like, yeah, so I told you I'm writing a book on this and it's all yeah. about the communication piece because yeah. I, and then I'm writing it as I'm coming up with my outline. I'm like, this is so unsexy. Like the talking about the mental load is, it's scary and it feels intimidating and, but it, it's the way out because even if you just do the responsibilities, like you do this, you do this, we're good to go. Life's going to shake it up and you're going to have to re 
renegotiate. And also the mental load isn't just about responsibilities. It's about feeling appreciated and valued for what the, for what you do. And that's a whole nother piece to this. Right. Because we recently like had a fight about like my mental load and it was because he was traveling. Yeah. It was back to school time. So I was doing all Ugh. the back to school stuff by myself with four kids and like, you know, and just feeling like, well, you're traveling. So you're out yeah. for nice dinners, <laughs> no children, sleeping in a hotel room. Yeah. I'm just feeling very angry. Yeah. <laughs> just very angry, right? And just feeling like that I wasn't being seen and appreciated. Yes. Right? And so then I should have communicated this a lot better. So take notes to do this differently. <laughs> but, you know, if I would have shown up in a better version, Abby, I would have said, you know, hey, I wasn't feeling very appreciated yeah. for doing stuff yeah. right instead I had like a big old meltdown but you know we live and learn um <laughs> but you know but I think that that is like really important to have those conversations and I think you know both of us kind of like came back after that fight and like mm-hmm. that we should have had these conversations before that travel yeah because like of course this was going to be a stressful week for me Maybe next time we won't schedule work travel the week before school. Yeah. Like, let's not do that again. <laughs> Lesson learned. It's too much for one person. Um, you know, but like, but I'm sure that there's moms listening that that is like your life, yeah. you know, husbands traveling all life. the time. Yeah. Maybe you're a single mom, yeah. you know, and it is just you, you know, but like, I think finding ways to nurture yourself during that time Mm -hmm. I didn't do a great job that week you know I was like pouring all of my stuff out and not taking time for myself I think that burnt me out and not communicating my needs and not feeling appreciated and I think that that can like really be plugged into all of these all of these times when like we're feeling like that yeah yeah I mean I know Personally, like that's been the one of the biggest sort of um, changes in my own marriage is like for years, I would kind of say to my husband, you know, I just need you to like appreciate me. And he's like, I don't even know you went, you're a good mom. Like he would give me these lame. Good job. Yeah, you're doing a good job. I don't know how you do it. Like you're great. And I'm like, that does nothing for me. I needed to be like a good compliment makes you feel like um, your partner is actually in your shoes, looking at your world through your eyes. Like that getting in my world, imagining what that's like for me and then expressing that outwardly to me. Like that's, those types of support go a long way when it comes to supporting your partner with the mental load and in all areas of life, especially if you can't physically do anything. And um, to have a formula on my Instagram for that because it's helped me so much in my own marriage that I'm like, everybody needs to know um, a compliment that expresses that you're visible and you're valued. So Abby, I see all that you're running around taking care of when the kids are getting ready to go back to school, the forms, the supplies, the clothes, the lunches, like you're having to think about so many things to prepare. And I don't know what we would do without you. Our family is essential to you taking all this on. And like, I just appreciate you so much. That's what you needed, right? Okay, Marcus, listen to that. Yeah. Like that's what you needed. Marcus, and that was for you. <laughs> I'm like, I'm spoon feeding you, Marcus. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But that's. I know. Um, but we do. We yeah, need that. We need it. 
we need it and sometimes and they that's need all, it too sometimes you know, that's like all they can all give us the people in our life yeah. absolutely yeah. yeah can I say something can we go back to something you said earlier yeah. too so you talked about um having difficulty handing over the control and um I just want to touch on this one because I think this can be helpful. When I when I teach about the mental load, I talk about two parts to it. So the within, which is like the stuff we're responsible for and we can actually do something about. And then there's the between, which is, you know, the conversations with your partner and like negotiating and all that sort of logistical stuff. But the within piece is where the control and the like stories that we tell ourselves, I call them stories that sabotage. And I think both partners have them. Like a common one for the partner not carrying the mental load is um, if I can't do it right, why even try? And so that shuts them down. So I think that, um, so I also have something else called behaviors that backfire. And I think these are really common um, when we're trying to hand off more of the mental load and it actually gets in our own way. And that's micromanaging. I won't give examples because, you know, um, impatience, which is like, you didn't do it already. I'll just do it myself. Keeping score, which is that tit for tat piece that comes up a lot when it comes to talking about mental load. And um, I'm missing one. Personalization and criticism. So criticism is like, get the kids dressed. What are they wearing? Like that type of thing. And then... (laughs) Which I've, we've, I've done everyone. I've never done that. I've done everyone. So I've never done any of them. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> and then personalization is actually a really, really big one, um, which is when we make meaning out of our partner's behaviors or lack of behaviors that, and it might be true, sometimes it's true, but a lot of times when we do that, we we just, we rile ourselves up, we change this, we sour the tone in the relationship, and then, like, we kind of mess up having a productive conversation. So, like, what am I his maid? Like, you don't, you, like, so you expect me to take care of all this? Like, these types of things are how we personalize mental load stuff. So we gotta, we gotta raise our awareness to these behaviors, and we have to find replacements for those moments. Sometimes it's leaving the room, too. Like, I'm really good at that. I'm not going to watch you pack the lunches or whatever. <laughs> like, I can't. Just do it. I just don't need just to see it. it. Just it's do fine. it. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. If they have nothing nutritious in that lunch, it's, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I know. I know. I think I could talk about this for ages, so cut me off if you need to. I I think also, like, we have to make space for our partners to fail and to figure it out. Yeah. And Because um, we do. Oh, gosh. But we probably you don't have, I mean? like somebody on our shoulder looking over us true yeah true. but we have ourselves which is maybe worse it is sometimes yeah we're we hold ourselves, ourselves yeah to pretty high standards yeah. we gotta start talking to ourselves nicer and you know and I think like that really goes into like the mental load as well it's mm-hmm. like this perfectionism this like you're not a good mom if you're not meaning this like checklist thing yes. and you know, and so like we're going over like this list and this list and this list and it's never ending in our head. And I feel like just the fear of like that you're going to drop the ball mm-hmm. or like come up short. Mm-hmm. And is that the mom that your kids need? I know. It's like this burnout. No. Perfect mom. No, usually they just want you around. <laughs> like I noticed yeah. my kids don't yeah. care how clean the counters yeah. are. You know what I mean? Like, they don't care that the form got turned in late. No. And usually, like, whoever is on the receiving end of that form is pretty understanding as well. You know what I mean? And, like, I don't know. I think it's okay. And it's okay to 
Yeah. Be so messy a little bit. I This has been my lesson of this year, actually. And um, so for a long time, let's say dinner was over and the kitchen was full of dirty dishes. My husband, he's really helpful, so I have no complaints. But it's we've worked on it. But um, sometimes he would just like go chill on the couch and maybe like fall asleep for a minute which is crazy, or he um, would just play with the kids for a bit. And I would be in the kitchen pissed. I would be so mad. And I'd be like, he expects me to make dinner and do the dishes. Like, what a jerk. Like, this whole sort of way of talking about it. And what I realized is that if I just didn't do them, he would have come over, he would come over after he was done playing and he would take care of it. I just was wanting it done then and there. And so I started kind of like acting a little bit more like my husband (laughs) because what does he get to do? He gets to be the fun dad. Well, I want to be the fun mom sometimes, but why am I not the fun mom? Oh, because I'm whirling around the house, fluffing up throw pillows, folding blankets, picking up Legos. Like that's why I'm not fun. I'm thinking like somehow I have like the queen coming over and my house needs to be put together. So I've started being very like almost pausing before I enter into a task and saying like, what do I need now? Like, do I need, I'm like tuning into me. Like, do I want to go play with my kids and just have some fun? Do I need my counters clean because they're driving me crazy and I'm sticking to them? Or do I need to sit on the couch? Or do I need to pee? Because I've held my pee for days. (laughs) So like, but just like giving myself that permission to not jump into the next to do on my list and to rather be. And, And in turn, I don't resent my husband when he does that because I'm doing it too. And he was kind of right all along for taking those timeouts to do those things. Gosh darn it. I know it's annoying. It's an, <laughs> I will never tell him this and he won't listen, so it's fine. Yeah, but yeah, like, it's, yeah. I, lo- I learned through his, observing, observing the male species. Yeah, like we've got to. I know. It's hard. hard. Well, we just are. We just are harder on ourselves. Yeah. But, you know. It's hard I to find like that there stillness. is like power in being still, mm-hmm. tuning in, and communicating your needs and sharing yeah. the load. Share the load. Share the load. Share the load. It's <laughs> <laughs> like if there's any takeaway from this episode, gosh, it is share that load. Know. You know, it's really hard to do, and it feels like vulnerable, and it feels like what do I want to give up control of? nothing and everything all at the same time yeah and I think so so important we get scared our partners will be defensive and like we take that step to actually be vulnerable and then if we're met with pushback it's like crushing and I think that's another piece that's hard about this conversation too Morgan, thanks for joining me and talking about the mental load. I know I feel like we could probably chat about this for another hour. Oh, easily. Um, but you create amazing content over on your Instagram. Tell my listeners again where they can find you. Thank you. I love sitting with you. This is so easy I to just too. chat with you. Um, my Instagram is Dr. Just Dr. Morgan Cutlip. So you can find stuff on our blog too. My love thinks our courses are there, free content, lots of in-depth yeah. articles. Perfect. Morgan, thank you again for joining me and finding you the mother. Thank you so much.